But for now, I want to share with you that Sabbath is for letting go, okay? Now, Sabbath, we always think about Sabbath with all kinds of baggage that comes with it, right? Uh, we, we, we know from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, that, that uh, Jesus, you know, a lot of the Pharisees in the way they understood Sabbath because for them, it was very much rule-based, right? It was rule-based, don't do anything uh, uh, days, you know, can't walk past a certain number of, of, of steps days, you know. Uh, uh, your cow fall into a ditch, you cannot save it because it's considered work days, you know. Um, so the ancient Jews, like if you cut your hand, you know, um, you cannot, you, you can wrap it up, you know, to prevent the bleeding. This is the legit, this is real, right? If you cut your hand, uh, you can wrap it up to stop the, prevent bleeding, but you cannot put medicine. Because once you put medicine, then healing works. And that is your body working. And Sabbath cannot work. And so, and so it's, it reached a point um, um, in the way uh, uh, the Jews from the first century uh, were understanding Sabbath. And it's not just first century, okay? I can tell you this, that until today, observant Jews have special refrigerators or their fridges are, 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 are modified so that they take out the bulk on Friday afternoon because when you open the fridge, the circuit will close, electricity will start working and then the light comes on, correct? Okay, and that's what... That's why your fridge cannot have light come on on seventh day, right? On Shabbat, cannot have light come on. If you're observant Jew and you go to a skyscraper, you don't want to go to a skyscraper because lifts cannot run, right? Um, uh, um, uh, something like that, right? Or sorry, the lifts will stop at every at every level, right? Because it, it's pre-programmed, right? Because you cannot work by pressing the button, right? So, so yes, Sabbath is so misunderstood, so misunderstood. And then for many of us, um, uh, what should I, how, how should I call this? Um, modern, urban, uh, uh, charismatic, um, uh, evangelical church, you know? Um, what, how do we approach Sabbath? Maybe we say Sabbath is about going to church, it's about serving, it's about being there with the Lord, it's about uh, all these kind of things. And then we do a lot of things on our Sabbath. And then we have training, and then we have like classes, and then we have all these things. And so many people are coming in to volunteer every Sabbath, you know. And so we have kind of like swung to the opposite, you know, uh, um, idea that Sabbath is a lot of... of uh, well, what should we call it? Faith uh, uh, activity, right? Faith-based activities, you know? So today, I really want to help us to understand a biblical idea of Sabbath and why it is so important for us, okay? So, um, so, so I just wanted to lay that out there and then show you Genesis chapter 2, right? Genesis chapter 2 comes immediately after Genesis 1 where God has been creating. And on 6 successive first days he created thing after thing after thing and then at the start of genesis 2 he says thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them and on the seventh day god finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done so god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it god rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So, God rested on the seventh day, 
right? God rested on the seventh day after He had created everything. Um, some of you, the, the, the apologetics type, you all might be going like, God need to rest, man. I thought God is all-powerful. I thought God is this. How can God need rest? Did He become tired? If God can become tired, then does, is He all-powerful? And you're asking all these questions. Now, I ask these questions to myself and I'm just going to say this, my feeling, it, whether God needs to rest or not is like a super secondary or maybe tertiary issue, okay? So, so let's, not, let's not worry too much about it. But if you're asking that question, my view is that God rested on the Sabbath in a similar way to Jesus getting baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan. Does Jesus need to get baptized? Strictly speaking, no. Because there's no no repentance needed, no you know a, a, a dying to himself needed, you know. But he did it to fulfill all righteousness and to give us a model of what we ought to do as his followers. And so I believe that God does not get tired in a in a sense that he, he he's weary from all his work because he is all powerful. So it does not make sense for God to have to um to have a rest day like a break day, like, oh, can I please don't create anything today, you know? <laughs> and, then he, and then he needs to crash, right? Now, I don't believe that God needed that, but he rested anyway. Why does God rest? I believe he rested to give us a model, a model for us to live by. It's the same as when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, right? Does he need to do that? You know, strictly speaking, he's going to wash all of them with his blood already anyway, but he did it as a model to teach us what it looks like to walk faithfully and to fulfill all righteousness. So what we do know is that he did rest. And so we are called to rest. Now, why is it so important? I believe God knows what he has created, okay? He knows that on X number of days, an X number of time later, that man would fall. He has foreknowledge, right? And he knowing that we would fall, that we would start to violate the, the rhythms of our lives. And he puts this in as a clear, obvious rhythm for how things are supposed to work. So I want to show you this that he knows that when we in our sinful fallen state, later down the line, we would work our workers without rest. Right? If you are a, if you are a boss, if you are a business owner and you've got staff under you, if you've if you've got a housekeeper, um, so you've you're paying if, as long as you are paying somebody's wages or you have somebody a paid earner a worker under your 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 stewardship, God knows that as in sinful men we will work our workers without rest. And it applies not just top-down, it applies among peers. That if you're doing a group project uh, together, you're, you're, you, are inclined, you are inclined to work each other to death, okay? Without rest, right? You're inclined to work each other without rest. And, and not, just, not just each other. So there is a vertical relationship uh, with God. There is a horizontal relationship with God. There is an internal relationship with ourselves where with, in sinful men, we will work ourselves without rest as well. We work without rest. 
we work non-stop, constantly without rest. It may not now. So I don't want you to just think about your office job. I want you to think about things that we do in order to be functional, in order to reap harvest, in order to, to show results, in order to do all these things, right? We do, we do, we do, we do. We work without rest. And my friends, work without rest is sin. We don't often want to think about it. Maybe we find other theological ways to work around it. But work without rest is sin. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about the need to share this with us today is because just one week ago, I shared with you the importance of staying awake. And I, I, and I don't want your... Some of you might be thinking, very weird, huh? Pastor Fergus last week asked us to stay awake or, you know, that there is a time uh, to rest, but the time is not now. And now is our time to pray, 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 pray. Uh, um, because there were 9,000 people getting infected last Sunday and now it's 7,000. So maybe that's what... Maybe it's working. Maybe we pray, pray, pray. We take Malaysia firewall uh, 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 slots and then we should just keep going. Ma. After all, didn't Paul say pray ceaselessly by the way you still have to sleep so 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 obviously paul did not mean a literal ceaselessly like 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 non-stop right you still have to communicate in fact he had to stop praying in order to write uh, uh, um, uh, the epistle that contains the words pray ceaselessly so you and i know that responsible reading of that line does not mean non-stop praying where you don't break to communicate with your family, <laughs> you don't break. So that's not what it means. You don't break to go toilet or whatever, right? Uh, that's not what it means. So praying ceaselessly means that you have a posture of constantly going back to the Lord. Now, I also showed you a verse, okay, that, that says that the watchman should give God no rest. You all remember that? Give God no rest, it means you keep going, you keep going. God desires and longs after a relentless spirit of going back to Him and asking Him and pestering. Now, because I preached that, I felt the need a strong need for us to hold the tension between the, the kind of, of, of active, seeking, staying awake, praying, asking, petitioning from the Lord and working six days. And then the Lord says, on the seventh day, rest. On the seventh day, rest. And it is not, it is precisely because there is a call to work so hard. It's precisely because there is a call to say the harvest is out there. Work, work while it is there. It is precisely because there is so much work that God has to also command us. It's not a suggestion. It is not a recommendation. It is not a, a just a best practice that you can choose to equal or choose to not equal. It is a command of God. It is a command of God. And I can tell you this, there is no way, okay, it's one of, it's, it, it's, it's the fifth of the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, right? So, so my friends, fifth or fourth? Slips my mind now, I think it's the fifth, right? There's no way, right, that any of us would dare come to church and, uh, and you know, or like pastor, right? There's no way a pastor will come to church, right? And then he's breaking like the commandment uh, uh, um, to have no idols because actually at night, he actually has this stone statue that he's like praying to and then come to church on Sunday and say that, guys, we should follow the Ten Commandments, you know? 
No way, right? There's no way that 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 a legitimate pastor will be like 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 sleeping with his neighbor's wife and then come to church on Sunday and say like, "Hey, church, follow the Ten Commandments." But you know what? As a pastor, I can tell you this: it is so easy for us to work through Monday. Our Sabbath is Monday. <laughs> so easy for us to work through Monday. Come to church on Sunday and say, "Church, let's follow the Ten Commandments." Why? Why do we do this? How can we do this? Cannot actually. And so as I preach this, friends, I'm preaching it to myself or so. Huh? Like, focus on, you better don't violate God's command, you know? Now, now I want to make be very clear. This does not mean that we go back to living by, uh, the, by the letter of the law because Sabbath is found, like all the other laws, is found in Jesus, ultimately. And I'll land on that point today. Okay, but I want to show you that God put it there for a reason to teach us, right? Because after all, your other Ten Commandments, you, 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 you don't say that you, 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 don't, you don't cover your neighbor's things or whatever. Oh, because it's for, you know, now, now I don't have to follow that. You equal still, right? Equal still, right? So why this Sabbath one? We don't equal, we, we don't keep idols, but we, keep, we, but we break our Sabbath, right? We don't take the Lord's name in vain, but we, but, but we break our Sabbath. Cannot, ma, right? So I wanted to lay that down before we move even further. Four movements today about why keeping Sabbath in some way, shape, or form, okay, we'll figure it out as we go along. It's so important. A, movement, the first movement, A, is that Sabbath is God's order. He put it into creation. B, Sabbath is for God. Not that God needs Sabbath, but it's for God to start working in our lives. C, Sabbath is for you. It is part of your self care that God has put into your life and my life so that we can be well, okay? And D, Sabbath is for each other. Sabbath is for all of us to continue maintaining strong, loving, uh, uh, healthy relationships with one another. And with that, I want to show you the first one. Sabbath is God's order, okay? Now, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, okay, uh, uh, the Lord says this, right? Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor. Do all your work. So everybody says six days, all your work, right? Six days, do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servants or female servants, your ox, your donkey, even animals, right? Any of your livestock or the sojourner uh, who is within your gates. So, 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 so the, the, your, if you have a housekeeper, this counts, right? Uh, um, uh, that your male servant, your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember. Now, this is so key, right? This is so key. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there. He brought you out from there. With what? A mighty hand, outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, why is this so important? I've highlighted this line in blue. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Slaves work how often? Every day, non-stop. Now, for us, I believe that as long as we are in a sinful state, there is still a bit of Egypt inside of us. There's still slave mentality inside of us that the Lord is crucifying every day in us as we walk with Him. But that part of us, that rebellious sin nature inside us, 
longs to return to slave mode. We seek after addictive behaviors to be enslaved by them. We seek after binging on things uh, and entertainment and all these things to be enslaved by it. We don't say, I want to be a slave, but we seek after things that enslave us. And in the same way, we seek after work that ends up enslaving us. And God is saying here that you were once a slave, you worked nonstop, and I broke that cycle for you. I broke that cycle for you and snatched you out of non-stop work. And so now I've placed you in this place. I've given you a law. No more working non-stop like you did when you were in Egypt. And no more working each other like the state taskmasters in Egypt worked you. And so he established that. So important. Why? Because it is part of natural order and the life that we I say this as a people of faith, that we lived as slaves in Egypt was a violation of the natural order of things. Let's get this right. Every time we are enslaved to working non-stop, we are in violation of the way God set the world to work. Tide ebbs in and out. There is a time and a place for everything. Seasons come and go. Not just four season countries, Malaysia seasonal countries come and go. Weather patterns come and go. There is a natural flow for things. So one of the natural flows for things is that we were called to work six days in this Deuteronomy 5 text, work six days, rest one day. And on that day, you rest. This gives you the cycle. Let's look at the picture, right? A complete cycle of one week involves one day after six days of rest. Your body was made to recover. Your relationships, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your everything was made to recuperate and recover after seven days. God, on the seventh day, God ordered it that way. Right? God ordered it that way. Now, it's not just in terms of days. Every seven years, God gives an injunction as well. So I want to show you from Leviticus 25. Right, From Leviticus 25, when, the Lord, when you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. So it's not just us. The land also must keep Sabbath. For six years, you shall sow your field. And for six years, you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. A Sabbath to the Lord. I want you to see the grammar in this, okay? okay we've got to be a bit of a grammar Nazi here because I think it's important you see it. A Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. So who is the recipient of the Sabbath? The land. Because it says... The Sabbath is for the land. The land must rest because the land needs the rest. But who is this Sabbath and rest of the land offered to? A solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. So Sabbath is like a worship. Sabbath is like an adoration. Sabbath is like a sacrifice. Sabbath is like an offering to who? To the Lord. Who benefits? The land. In this text, the land. On the previous text, us. Who benefits? Creation benefits. 
but it's a worship and an adoration and a sacrifice that goes to where? Not to each other. That one goes to God. In other words, we owe God our Sabbath. He's waiting for our Sabbath. He's waiting for our recovery time. He's waiting for our recuperation time. And so often, we staff that. We pay tithe. Sometimes we pay tithe. Sometimes we say, I'll work so I can pay more tithe. Sometimes we sacrifice in terms of our ministry work and we keep on working Monday also like, wow, wow relentless, sending emails, going out, doing this training, doing that thing, nah, 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 nah. right? And your staff, staffers laughing, right? 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 Server Salah, right? Am I? I'm not sure, right? Hopefully not too often, right? We do all these things. We do all these things and we can give uh, monetarily to the time back. We can give of our gift and, uh, and all these things uh, um, uh, uh, as a sacrifice. But the one sacrifice that he's looking for us on a one day of rest, we withhold from him. And then we say, God, how come you don't open the storehouse in heaven and open up the windows and the doors of heaven and pour out blessing? Because you look at the Old Testament, how many times God scold them? Scold them, spank them, Israel. Why? He's, so many times he said, you didn't keep the Sabbath. You didn't keep the Sabbath. So my friends, as on one hand, we in the church are rousing you up to a season of really intensification of prayer and seeking the Lord and looking after each other in pastoral care and positioning your teams for going into, into Sungai Bulo itself. Make sure after six days of work, you take a break and you rest. And during that rest, I'll explore very shortly where, where the rest of this is going. But even the land, now, just want to show you one thing in case you're, you're confused. It says here, you shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap what grows uh, uh, um, of itself in your harvest or gather the grapes. Don't sow. In other words, as a pastor, don't go and do training sessions with your people on their rest day, please. Okay, so find a rest day for them and don't go and like keep calling them in to do this. Okay, okay, how to do. Okay, um, don't, don't prune. So don't go in and like debrief them, correct them, all these kind of things. It's not, don't, don't. And each other as well for all of you, right? Don't go and reap uh, 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 um, don't go and reap like like try to get something from each other you know don't go and gather the grapes you know like like wow you know why hey then how how to do ministry you, for this you have six other days to do it but one day don't they have six other days to do it but for one day don't let the land rest let the land recover or let your people recover he says here, it shall be a year of solemn rest for the land. The Sabbath of the land shall provide food for you. So you will see if you read later on, okay, there is one line that says um, the food, right? Um, and your cattle and the wild animals that are in your land, all its yield shall be for food. Now, don't be confused. It says in the last line, its yield shall be for your food, meaning you can go and eat. But then earlier it says you cannot sow, you cannot reap, you cannot prune, you cannot harvest. So if I don't harvest, how am I supposed to eat it and how, how does the yield become food? So this is how it works. The part I highlighted in white is harvesting to sell. Harvesting to store, harvesting to sell, harvesting for commerce. Don't do that. You cannot harvest for commerce. Okay? Verse 7 says, let everything grow and during that time on harvest, it's not even your land. Everybody can move in and out and take any produce from anyone's land because everything is resting. And guess what? God says, you scared man, not enough food. Sure, got enough food. 
and everything, even in even all these things, your grades growing wild, your this thing, meaning it's not like you cannot touch it, it will grow by itself. You cannot tend to it. That's what it means, right? Just let it grow wild. And I will provide. The land will yield its own food. You will survive. Don't worry. You won't die, right? So even the land. So every six years, seventh year, the land gets rest. It's part of natural order. Let's see the picture, right? Yeah. So seven days, six days work, one day rest in yellow. Six years, you work the land. One year, you rest the land. That's part of this, the, the order. And then, not just that, but seven years, seven years, seven years, seven years. Let's look at the verse, right? Let's look. Leviticus 25, um, it goes on. I'm just going to breeze through this. You shall count seven weeks of years. In other words, seven sevens of years, okay? Seven times seven years, so that um, the time of seven weeks of years shall be 49 years, and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee. Everybody say jubilee, right? Now, I don't think we understand how to do jubilee, okay? So we get quite excited uh, during the, the, the Israel's jubilee year and all that. But I don't think we really understand the implications of jubilee. When each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. Um, so what it means actually is all debts are cancelled on the jubilee, right? And, and, and I believe the, all, the, that finds its fulfillment in Christ because in Christ, all debts are cancelled in the Jubilee who is Christ, right? Um, but for them, literally, I'm allocated this land, you're allocated that land, and then over years, your family owe my family money, you sell your land to me. So I take your land, right? And then, actually, there's no, there, there's no freehold, one, uh? there is no freehold in God's economy for land, one, uh? because he says that on the 50th year, give back. What do you mean? His family owe me money. I took the land. I've held it for 37 years. Out of, you know, and then now suddenly, you know, you ask me to give back. Give back. Give back the land. Why? Not fair. It's not about fair. This year, Jubilee, I reset so that the poor cannot keep going poorer and poorer and poorer over the centuries. And so the rich cannot keep on accumulating and accruing and accruing and accruing over the centuries as well. God has ordered it into... Let's look at the picture, right? God has ordered cycles of work, cycles of rest. Cycles of work, intervals of rest is more like it, right? You see the one in red, right? That's like the Jubilee uh, uh, 7, right? So, so it is part of God's order. So what do we see? Number one, Sabbath. And I want to show you 21 things that I want you all to see about Sabbath, right? Number one, Sabbath is about rhythms of work and cessation from work, okay? And Sabbath is about rhythms that are cultivated over time. It takes time for us to cultivate this habit. And this. So in other words, it's not about like, you take one day break, then you say, hey, I got my Sabbath ready. Now I can go on pressing for the rest of the, the next you know, uh, uh, three months, you know? Or like, what we do is we take holiday, right? We take holiday, but actually, our holiday is the kind, after our holiday, we still need the holiday to rest from the holiday one, okay? <laughs> That's our modern day holidays, right? Wow, go holiday and then go this place and pre-COVID, of course. You go this place, you do this activity, go that place, take picture, go here. And, and because you want to install this place and then go there, makan, makan, queue for two hours, go makan, nah, 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 nah. and then you finish your holiday, you come back, oh, so tired. I think I need a holiday to rest from the last holiday, right? <laughs> it happens to us, happens to all of us, okay? Now, and then we say that, oh, but I had a restful holiday, I had a one-week 
holiday 10 days now i can push hard for the next two two months or i can push hard for the rest of the next six months but that's not the order god gave us he does not care he does not care that you had that you took like such a refreshing 10 day break you know, he cares more that you take one day interval every so often that he called you to because that's the rhythm he set us up for. The, one, the other one, our rhythms, we set it for ourselves. Our capitalism sets it for us or our schedule set it for us or our own things set it for us. We rather accumulate all our Sabbaths and then one shot take a two-week holiday. Right? Right? You rather, right? But that's not his order for us. He said, work six days, rest. Work six days, rest. And we don't like that. We reject that. We rebel against it. We want to be enslaved to our own cycles of work. And then we want to en enjoy our own order of Sabbath. But that is not how he built it. I'm going to move quite quickly now from here, right? That's the first movement is that Sabbath is God's order. Now, the second one is Sabbath is for God. But I don't mean that it's for God that God needs Sabbath. It's for God to work in our lives. It's for God to move in our lives. It's for God to become real and accept and, and enjoy in our lives, right? It's for God to work in the realities of our day. Now, I want to take you back to Genesis 1. Now, if you look at Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth and then he said, let there be light and then suddenly, boom, right? Okay, there was creation, right? And then, how does he say the ending of the first day? Do you all remember this? Anybody knows? I want you to type it out in the chat. Don't click yet, okay? If you all know, how does God describe the closing of the first day? Type it into the chat. I'm waiting right now. Waiting, waiting right now to see what you're, you're going to say. Right? And there was, and there was, now that's my clue, and there was, somebody type, and there was, nobody, uh, nobody, four, three, two, nobody wants to have a go, click, broadcast, let's see, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day, and there was evening, and there was morning, second day, and there was evening, and there was morning, third day, evening, morning, fourth day. Evening, morning, fifth day. Evening, morning, sixth day. Then seventh day. No mention of evening, morning. Why evening, then morning? You ever thought about that? Because our day starts in the morning, right? Kind of like you start your day in the morning, like you wake up, the day starts, right? Isn't it kind of weird? Kind of like a bit off? Like, why would the day start at sunset? It doesn't make sense. Except it makes perfect sense. If we are the center of the universe, the day should start at dawn. Because you wake up and you start the day. My day starts at dawn. But if God is the center of the universe, then the day should start at sunset. Because before the invention of the light bulb, all of us went to bed soon after it got dark. And guess what? When we go to bed, we can't work. In other words, when we go to bed and we go to sleep in the evening, who, who, what is it, how does it remind us about who, has, who does the first work? How does it remind us about who initiates work? How does it remind us about who gets the first say in things? God works when we go to sleep. The day begins, evening, 
we go to rest, God starts the day. He works. He gets things going. He begins. He, whatever God starts, He will bring it to completion, right? He starts something. While we are all resting, He starts something. The soil starts replenishing. Our bodies start replenishing. He starts planning something ahead for the rest of the night and day. And then we wake up. And then we join Him in what He has already started. That's what it looks like for man to live in a God-centered way. If we live in a man-centered way, we think, ah, I've woken up, now I'm going to start the day because my day has started. Yay. And then you go out there and you try to do an initiating work. You try to start doing something from scratch. And that's not the way God ordered it because He's already run ahead of you already. He started the day. But you think, I'm going to start I'm going to do something. I'm going to work. I'm going to start working. I'm going to start working. Hear our language. I'm going to start working. No, you wake up and you join God in the working. You wake up and you join and become a participant with God in what He has already started. And you, with Him, bring that which He started to completion. That's why Sabbath is so important. That's why rest is so important. That's why we have to go to sleep so that He can start work to remind us that the most important work happens when you and I cease from work. Then He can work. Can or not? Hard, right? You're like, I cannot. I need to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something, you know. Uh, you know, don't, don't ask me to do nothing. I will die. I'll explode. You know, God, help me. You know, and God says, no, stop. Cease from work. Because as long as you're trying to do something and you're like having a fit, I can't work. Because you keep meddling. And I need you to stop your meddling, go into bed, and lie down and go to sleep so that I, God, can get to work without your meddling. And when you wake up, you will see what I've been doing and you can come in and join in what I'm doing. That's the natural order. That's why Sabbath is important for God to start working. I'm going to show you a whole bunch of points uh, 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 that, that I just want you to... I'm going to move through this very quickly. So let's go to the next one, Kieran. Yeah, Sabbath is about acknowledging that we don't control the outcomes. You can do everything, love, friends. You can do everything, but the outcome is from God, right? It's a bit like weight loss, right? Um, wait, it's a bit like weight loss. You can exercise as much as you like, but the way your body responds to the exercise is different from one person to another. So you, do, you can't control the outcome. So by the way, if that, if you want to set a goal, a fitness goal, don't set a fitness goal about outcomes because you can't control your outcomes. So don't say, oh, I'm to lose 5 kg in like how long, you know? Like your body might not respond in, in a way that loses 5 kg. But set the goal as, I want to run 3k every day for 6 days. <laughs> <laughs> right okay so set that goal because what you can control that right you can control that now what we can't control is the outcomes in terms of like what god is doing we can't control the outcomes we can control the work we put in and he asks us he commands us to work six days so we control the work we put in but we don't control the outcome sabbath is there to teach us to stop watch and see how God brings about an outcome that has nothing to do anymore with what we can contribute. We work until we stop. And at the place of stopping, we just watch and see Him bring victory. 
can we do this? It's hard, right? Because you want to go in and jumpo tangan, right? I know because I also want to jumpo tangan. But he says, stop it. Let me do the last lap. Let me finish it up, right? Alpha and Omega, right? He starts and he'll finish it. He'll see it through. Sabbath is about acknowledging that God is more competent than you are, my friends. Cannot. Can we acknowledge that God is more competent than us? We always say, God, you are great. But if I tell you, he's more competent at your job than you are. If you are in a legal profession, can I tell you, God is more competent at, 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 in the law than you are. If you are in construction, God is more competent in construction than you are. If you are a pastor... <laughs> Guess. God's more competent as a pastor than you. <laughs> okay? All of us. If you are a homemaker, God is more competent in keeping home than you. All of us. But it's hard for us to understand this unless we cultivate a, a, a rhythm of stopping and letting Him work. And then we see Him. We see His competence. You get to see the Master at work. But a lot of times we don't see the Master at work because we think we're the Master at work, right? Yeah. Sabbath is about training our hearts to let God take over. It's about honouring God's turn to speak. Remember, I, I shared with you all, reply when God speaks to you, right? And there is, a, there, there, there is a dialogue and there comes a point after six days of talking, you got to shut up and let God speak. If not, then you're just going to be like, like, gosh, can you stop? Can you stop? You know, uh, um, because I, 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 I want to speak. Right, says, says the Lord. I want to speak. You really have to stop. Right? And so it's part of the things that we need to cultivate. I want to show you a few more. Sabbath is about observing. Uh, 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 number seven. Sabbath is about observing God as He works and how He works. Right? Um, so we, when we stop, we watch. Okay? So, so we don't become uh, 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 just sloths. We observe. We take in the world. We think about Him. We reflect on Him. We pray. We look. We observe, we take it in, we enjoy, we enjoy our Sabbath and we see our family, we see our children, we see our loved ones, we pray for them and we observe what he is doing. We don't function in the sense of functioning, right? You don't go and tend to it, but you just let it happen and enjoy it. Can we do that? It's making room. That's what it means to make room for God, right? Because you step aside and you say, God, this is room, right? I'm going to let you move, right? And this is going to grow your trust in God. It's going to challenge your trust in God because the day you stop functioning, you say, say, God, are you really working? And then, can I trust you to work? Because this thing needs to be done on Monday. Oh. If I don't throw it in, I'm going to die. Oh. I'm going to have this thing on this big meeting on Monday. If I don't put in two hours to prepare for it, I'm going to freak out because on Monday, I can't do the thing well. And he says, stop. And so two outcomes. One is you work super hard in that two hours or five hours uh, six hours and then you show up on Monday and you present and I don't know if it will go well with you. Or you say, God, I've done everything. I didn't slack off in my six days of work. I've put in all the work. Now I stop. I'm going to watch you deliver victory. And then you rest. And then you watch. And on Monday, you give it your last, your best shot and then you see how God delivers. That's what it means for Sabbath to grow your trust in God. And it's also going to grow your patience huh? because if God say, you have given it to me, right? I'm not going to do the work on this yet. I'm going to hold. If he say that, will you freak out? you freak out, right? I think many of us will freak out, right? Uh, if you freak out, then how? God's growing your patience to wait. To wait. To trust in Him and to wait, right? So, so, so Sabbath is God's order. Sabbath is 
for God to start working. And the third movement is Sabbath is for you. On some level, every single one of we need it. We think we don't need it. Now, I, I want to share when we get into this point. I can tell you, I have met people in ministry, lay leaders, lay people, lay leaders, and also full-timers who will say that I don't really need Sabbath. I don't really need one day of rest one because I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly doing all these things and I can do all these things and I can do all these things, right? And can I say, please don't. And just because you think that you are super spiritual already doesn't mean that you're exempt from Sabbath. No way. Hey, hello, if God did it as a model, who's more spiritual? You or you or the you or Yahweh, right? Don't fight, lah, right? No fight at all. If Yahweh took a rest after seven days of work to teach us and to show us. How can we say that? Oh no, actually, I'm very spiritual already. I'm very this already. Don't, don't. That's not Christian language. Christian language is God, thank you. Thank you that in the last six days I've been really close to you in the spirit. Now I'm going to rest. Now I'm going to rest. Sabbath is for you, right? Leviticus 25 goes on to say that if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? Remember that, right? Since you don't tend to the crops, since you don't harvest the crops, you say, what shall we eat if we may not sow or gather in our, in our crops? God says, I will command my blessing on you. You go and read the whole thing. It says, I'll command my blessing on you in the sixth day, you will reap extra, three times extra. Not just one time extra to guarantee the one day you don't work. Three times extra, how the Lord blesses. But he says, I will command my blessing over you. Why are you scared? You rest one day, who asked one? I asked one. Right? Not you, not you slacking off, ma. I asked one, ma. So you honor me, la. At the end of the day, who gives? I give one, ma. So can you trust him? It's for us. It's for us to learn that He will provide for us. So I want to show you a few more thoughts. Sabbath is about dealing with our inner control freak. Now, I love this tree and I really hope that you all take this away, right, uh, with you. Sabbath is about dealing with our inner control freak and confronting our fear of losing control. We don't like to lose control. For us to sit back, step down, you know, for one day, and watch the Lord work is surrendering control. We want to go in and catch out. But God says, no. Today is about dealing with your inner, you have an inner control freak and I need that inner control freak to die. I'm going to kill it Sunday by Sunday. Maybe Monday by Monday. Or maybe some of you Saturday by Saturday. But once every week, I'm going to slowly kill off that control freak so that you can surrender control to me says the Lord, I control everything. Sabbath is about dealing with our workaholism and confronting our restlessness when we don't have something to do. We are restless people. We need to keep doing things, right? We need to keep doing things because maybe when we don't do anything, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we feel like, who are you? I don't know what to do. I feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, I don't know what to do with myself, right? And But no, God says, you're a workaholic. You're not confronting things you need to confront. I want you to confront your restlessness, who you are, what's happening with your wife, with your kids, with your family, with your days, with your, with your own spiritual life. I want you to confront all this. Stop your work so you can look at yourself in the mirror. That's so important, right? Now, 
Next point, Sabbath is about dealing with our inner productivity freak. I think all three are similar, but they're, they're slight nuances. We need to keep churning out results. We are, we, are, we are productivity freaks. We need to keep earning, yielding, earn, yield, earn, yield, accrue, earn, yield, accrue. We need to keep collecting, collecting, collecting and, and producing, producing, producing. Is it bad? Six days is like great. Go for it all the way. But no, Sabbath is about confronting our, our, our addiction to churning out results. Can I say this? In today's hyper-productivity world, one day, God expects you to yield zero results. Does that offend you? Does it offend you? I think we have been discipled by productivity movement in this whole world that every day we need to be yielding results. But God says for six days, you yield results. One day, I command you to yield me nothing. In fact, I don't want you to yield. Wow. And I can tell you, I know out of the, how many of you, 88 of you all in this room right now, I, I know many of you are just having an allergic reaction because for too long, the world has been telling you something else. Always be closing ABC, right? Always be closing. That's what we, that's what we are told. All the days of our lives, every day be closing. But God says, no, one day I want you to give me not. Because on that day, I will bless. So that you know it's not your work. So that you know that I bless you. Lest anyone shall boast. Horses are made for war. Horses are prepared for war. My favourite proverb, my favourite proverb. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. Horses. Prepared for battle. Are you prepared for battle? Yes. Do you arm and gird yourself and ready and train yourself? Yes. But who delivers victory? The Lord. The Lord. Number 14, Sabbath is about being and not doing. You're a human being, not a human doing. And the reason why your workaholism and mind need to be arrested and tackled down for at least one day in the week is so that we remember that we uh, you are meaningful and important even before you do anything. You don't have to do anything to be meaningful and important. You don't have to yield results to be meaningful and important because He created you in His image. He loves you already. Sabbath is about slowing down on purpose. It's about your own self-care, physical and spiritual. The world is all about self-care right now, right? But this is the truest form of rest and recovery. It's about quieting the internal noise. So just because you sit around and don't do any work doesn't mean that your head is not full of other noise. And this is my favourite. Sabbath is about playing and having fun. You know that puppies play? You know that lion cubs play? You know that, that elephant uh, uh, calves play? And you know that adult elephants play? And you know that adult lions play? And you know that Adult dogs play. So whether you're a young one or an old one, all of the natural world ought to play and have super a lot of fun. And that's why in our Sunday Blue Church, for 15 minutes before our service, we play them pray. We have icebreaker and then we have our pre-service prayer. We play. And when we play, we play, bono, have fun, super rip-roaring fun play. And that's why it's so important. Because you know what? If you are joyless, in your, on your Sabbath, then I don't know if you are really having the full expression of Sabbath. Because God 
created us for joy and movement and relationship and fun. And on the Sabbath day, we're supposed to enjoy each other's company and goof around. And so that what? So that we don't fall into the trap of taking our functioning too seriously. That we can let our hair down and have lots of fun. And for one day, enjoy the joys that God has given us through each other and through play. I will... I will probably develop a theology on play more so that we can really understand, so we can really understand how God puts this into our lives, but not more for today, right? Um, let's move to the fourth movement and then I'll close. We're really almost there. Sabbath is for each other. It's not just for me and my self-care, though it is. It's not just for God to come into my life and work in my life. It's not just a, a, a kind of like cyclical pattern, but it is for our relationship with each other as well. Remember Deuteronomy 5, right? I showed you earlier. On it, you shall do no work. You or your son or your daughter, nobody should do any work. Not just your son and your daughter, okay? So if you can look at the next slide, right? Um, but your male and female servant as well. But for your ox as well. Your donkey as well. So broadcast, if you can show us the next slide, okay? Um, for your livestock as well. And the sojourner in your gates who is within your gates as well. Male, female servant, everybody around you, stop working. So my friends, here's my call for each of you. Enjoy Sabbath with one another. Guard each other's Sabbath. I say this for you as a pastor. Number 19, of my bullet points that I've been sharing with you. Sabbath is about giving others the chance to deal with God without us pastors poking around. <laughs> okay, so, so I need to give you one day to come face to face with God without your pastor coming in and go like, eh, how are you? Can I do this? This, this, this training, uh, this weekend, this, this leaders meeting, this, that. Now, I need to give you your Sabbath so that you can come face to face with God without me poking around. In the same way, I need to have my Sabbath so that you don't come and poke your face around. And that's how we love one another. And that's how we, we guard each other's Sabbath. Because Sabbath number 20 is not about, it's about seeing each other, not as tools for achievement. Now, I can tell you this, if we are not careful, we use each other to achieve goals. And then we start seeing everybody as you're either a tool or a hindrance or you're irrelevant. Does that make sense? Because once you start seeing everything in a utilitarian way, right, you are either a tool to help me achieve my goals or you are a hindrance from helping me achieve my goals or you're irrelevant to me. So step aside. You want to clear out all the irrelevant things, all the hindrances, you want to either defeat them or get, them, get rid of them and then you want to keep all the tools, right? That is a utilitarian way of looking at life. Now, that's not how God asks us to look at life. God asks us to see everybody as human beings see each other as people and then honour each other's need for rest. Everybody needs rest. Can we honour it for each other? Pastor included, owe you that duty, owe you that responsibility to give you your time of rest. So my friends, I'm finished now and I want to just say this one thing as we close. In a moment, we're going to partake of Holy Communion 
And so we're going to say in our Holy Communion that in the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus that we are fully restored, fully healed, fully covered, fully replenished. And I want us to know this, that all of the Sabbath laws in the Bible find their ultimate consummation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. So wherever you do miss a Sabbath, it disrupts your own natural human body. And it's not wrong. Huh? Your body is not an evil thing. Huh? That's the Greek thinking that, you, that the body is, is evil. Okay? God created as body and mind and soul. Okay? So all come together in holy union in you. So you might even hear some people say that I am a spirit trapped in a, in a human's body. Have you heard that before? Wrong. Okay, I will not teach you that. Your body is holy. Your spirit is holy. The soul is holy. All of these things come together in holy union to make up who you are. And your body needs rest. And your body and your soul and your mind and your strength finds its ultimate rest in Jesus. He is our Sabbath. And in all the things you do, you can rest and do nothing. Some of your life will be restored, but it will never be fully restored unless on your Sabbath you enter the presence of Christ. And you come under His blood. And you feast on His word and His bread. That's why communion on a Sabbath is so important. So my friends, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We know that at the very, very ultimate way, Jesus is our Sabbath. We don't have to follow all, all the rigid laws that the Pharisees uh, and, and, and that the Jewish tradition ended up giving us. But we learn the principle of the pattern that God gave to us. We learn the importance of the principle of letting God work and us stopping from work. We learn how important it is for us to recover and how important it is for us to love one another and help each other to rest. And then we find all of these things in the body and blood of Jesus. So Lord Jesus, we just pray for your hand to be upon us, for you to guide us, lead us into rest, for you to lead us into recovery, for you to lead us into joy, and for the rest of the day, lead us into play, lots of fun with our loved ones, live in our hearts, cause us to, cause us to arise and to, and to find joy and to find life and to, and, to, and to play and joke around and have fun and be happy and be joyful in Christ. For we are safe people. We are safe people. And we are celebrating people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. Now may the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the loving, fun fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us. And the Lord and all of God's people say, Amen and Amen.